This episode of Nintendo Voice Chat is sponsored by Netflix's behind-the-scenes The Witcher. Hello and welcome to NBC, IGN's Nintendo podcast. I'm your host, Casey DeFridis, and this week we will be talking about Bile and Smash, Pokemon Home, and a whole lot more. And this week I'm joined by Tom Marks. Hello! Pear Schneider. I'm back. And Zach Ryan. Pear and I are enemies. <laughs> yeah, they were fighting before we got on. It's a little behind-the-scenes not... info for you. Me and Pear are fighting. I don't know what that voice is. I hear a voice in the room. I don't know who's talking. Yeah, that's what I said. Just ignore it. It's fine. No, it doesn't. It's just fine. But uh, before we get into the meaty topics of Pokemon Home, which I spent about 45 minutes just discussing with Janet before I got here and Bile and Smash, let's get over some quick news. First off, did you know Reggie fils prevented Nintendo from changing its logo to a graffiti type logo, which sounds awful and uh, <laughs> this was revealed on the present value podcast and we got that news from there um in an interview with him and he said that nintendo wanted to um a- appeal to a different audience and pitched one styled as a graffiti i can i can see it a lot of companies uh modernized their logos over the years including, <laughs> including ours. us yeah. yeah we had this weird kind of sideways logo that had the sci-fi compass thing mm-hmm. and we made it simpler and there were a lot of logos presented to us from our from the agency that worked on our logo, and there were some that were horrible that some people liked. Well, I mean, even the NVC logo, right? Like, um, I, mm-hmm. I think Reggie came on in two thousand and three, uh, and at this time, you know, Nintendo was kind of still in the middle of the GameCube era and in the doldrums of uh, you know N sixty four and GameCube, and the general conversation around. Nintendo at the time was that it was for babies, right? And that mm-hmm. it was for children. And Nintendo was very concerned, especially Nintendo of America was concerned about aging up their demographic and making sure that they appealed to like a broader audience. And so, you know, they wanted to age up the logo by making it more like age. Classy timeless, yeah, right? It's N64 weird. logo, I guess, primary yeah. colors, GameCube logo, purple, right? Like <laughs> there you can go sometimes. Oh, thank you. Uh, you can make the argument that they weren't quite as cool, but I think, I mean, time's been on their side. Like, on, yeah. on their side. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. If if they had a graffiti logo now, it would be so out. It would be so super ugly. dated. Yeah. 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 Even on, if it was cool, it'd be mm-hmm. super dated. On the social team, we kind of uh, poked a little fun at the idea of like what a graffitied Nintendo logo would look like. So if you follow us on Instagram or Twitter, you've probably seen what our artists came up with. And it's very funny. It's like it's very swirly market. and like, you know, there's like the Stussy S's around the SNES and, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, you're absolutely right. Like, I think that. It's one of those things that in the moment it would have been great, mm-hmm. but if they still had that logo now, it would be like, oh, that's a very early 2000s look. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I think of. the most important thing that I learned from this story was that the Nintendo, the classic Nintendo logo, the logo that we all know and love and is still their logo, mm-hmm. they internally call it the racetrack logo. Oh, Do you yeah, guys know that? Yeah, yeah. No, because yeah, of, because of the oval around it, they call yeah. it, they, they refer to it as the racetrack. Yeah, yeah, that Wild. makes sense. Yeah. Pretty cool. Huh. Kind of, kind of the same. Cool. It's like the, the baby track and double dash. Yeah. yeah. Baby park. That's it is. It's one. <laughs> yeah. Baby park. So also, um, I know we talk about mobile games occasionally and specifically about the revenue it's generated, but um, Sensor Tower released another report that Nintendo's mobile games have now officially generated generated more than $1 billion in lifetime revenue. <laughs> revenue. This is from Fire Emblem Heroes, um, uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, Dragalia Lost, Mario Kart Tour, Super Mario Run, and Dr. Mario World. Can you guys guess what is the highest performing? I would Don't look at my notes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was going to say Fire Emblem, right? Yeah. 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 By, By a mile. A lot. Yeah. It, they, Fire Emblem alone has generated 61% of that. Jeez, revenue. Louise. Wow. And um, it has been out for a lot longer. I mean, besides um, uh, Mario Run. 
but like that's a whole lot. And um, to no one's surprise, Dr. Mario World is at the bottom with only uh, generating 4.8 million compared mm-hmm. to Fire Emblem's um, 656. Actually, I felt that Dr. Mario World was not as pushy in getting you to spend. Like, yeah. I feel like you can play that game without spending a lot. I guess uh, I didn't expect it to be as so disparaging compared to Mario Kart Tour, for example. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's like a huge gap between those two. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty interesting the way that those games monetize as well, right? Because Mario, a Super Mario run was basically pay a one-time fee get the game, get the, the expansions, etc. And then you've got Fire Emblem, which is like a pretty traditional Gachapon-style game, Dragalia Lost, same deal. Mm-hmm. But then you've got games like Animal Crossing Pocket Camp and Mario Kart Tour, where it's it's just about putting as much money as you can to you know make things happen faster or unlock mm-hmm. different things. And so like I think it's really interesting that there's this sort of broad spectrum of, of monetization and they don't follow just one monetization style. Um, that being said, I spent a bunch of money on Animal it's Crossing pl- yeah. when I was playing I mean, oh, it. No. If you look at their games, it looks like a company starting in mobile and testing out different monetization mm-hmm. models. Right? Yeah, absolutely. One is slightly different. It's kind of cool to see that. But unfortunately, sometimes... The one that makes the most money is not the model that we as a consumer like the best, you know, obviously. But also at the same time, like, I'm I'm curious because I don't know. I'm very, like, I, I don't know anything really about mobile <laughs> monetization and, and nothing at all. No, Let's hear uh, more from Tom Marks, our expert. <laughs> I don't know like anything. Mobile monetization and, like, the, the, the process and the decision-making that goes behind that, I don't know a ton about, but... I, I am curious also just how much like quality of game actually matters here because of their list of six. I think Dr. Mario World is also the weakest of these games. Like I liked yeah. it the I think, least. I don't know. I think it depends yeah. on how much you like Dr. Mario, right? No, but like, yes. can, no one likes Dr. Can, Candy Crush was a similar <laughs> style game and model and made bank, obviously, right? right. So there is a difference in... Um, you know how many people took to that game and liked the characters in this case and like it is kind of weird because Mario is such a universally loved character that that game didn't have more mainstream success mm-hmm. so something something didn't click they put Bowser in a lab coat that's what didn't click should have been candy weird. instead of pills nobody wants to play with pills yeah it's just I, very odd I mean it's I think it's just an older IP you know yeah. what I mean whereas uh, you but nobody else knows it well that's what I'm I, saying yeah. is like like Old boys like you and me played Dr. Mario back on the yeah, NES watch, and like watch yourself. Yeah, I mean you're much older than I am, pair, but um you know, like to mobile gamers who are predominantly teens, mm-hmm. that's not as known as a Mario Kart or a uh Fire Emblem even, you know. So yeah. 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 And uh, I wanted to sneak this in. Uh, Dragalia Lost is having a Monster Hunter crossover, and yes, I'm going oh to play God. it. Um, thank you for Casey, everyone. Are you okay? <laughs> thank you for everyone who's tweeted at me. I have dozens and dozens of people being like, "Hey, I like the map. Check laugh. this out." <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm going to play it. There's also a Monster Hunter Stories um, mobile game coming out in Japan this year called Monster Hunter Riders. And yes, I'm going to play that too, if it comes out here. But, um, anyway, that's all we have about mobile games this week. And I also just wanted to quickly mention the results from our Pokemon face off that I know pair mentioned about two weeks ago, where we pitted all of the Pokemon, not in sword and shield in a face off where people would choose one over the other. It's like, they would show you like a Dragonite and an Alakazam and you would pick the one you wanted more. And based on those results, more than like 6,000, I think a lot more than that answers. Um, we got our top 25 of each and we have the 
published on IGN.com. But for brevity's sake, I'm just going to list the top five and the bottom five. And uh, from like not, I don't think this is a surprise, but people really like starters and dragons, and people really hate huh. uh, fish, bugs, and rodents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought? But our top five in order is Dragonite, Dragonair, Alakazam, Typhlosion, and Scyther. Scyther? Scyther. Oh. Who's Scyther out there rules. loving Scyther? Scyther's really cool. Scyther's That's like, a bug type. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're Scyther's right, got but Caesar, its yeah. evolution is a bug steel type. It's the only bug type that's anywhere near the top next 25. Time, next time we'll combine the evolutions. We will. Yeah, we will, and it'll make, make it, it better. A little bit clearer. If um, We kind of did that for the top 10 listed on the, in the article <laughs> to kind of leave room for more, because otherwise it's just the... All the evolutionary lines of Dragonair and Alakazam and the starters. Yep. So, I, by the way, I think the bottom five is awesome. It's it's a bunch of. It's I mean, it's the fish. worst Pokemon. It's yeah. Love Disc. It's a it's a pink heart fish. Uh, Broxish, a colorful fish with really creepy teeth. Alumamola is another is another pink fish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> people hate pink and people hate water type fish. Who would have thought? And then you got Wormadam. Who's I don't Wormadam. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> got him. I like that one. The only thing, I like that one. Uh, the only got thing him. that could happen to you worse than Wormadam is what? A fungus. A fungus. Right, a fungus. <laughs> yeah, which uh, is number five. Love Disc is probably my least favorite Pokemon of all time. Not only because I hate the design, but the last time I was in Tokyo, I was with Andrew Goldfarb, and he was obsessively looking. It was like a Love Disc event, and he was obsessively looking for Love Disc everywhere. In Tokyo. In Pokemon Go. In Pokemon Go. Or yeah. real the real world. I mean, that kid, who knows with him these days. So <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like I said, if you're interested in the in the complete list, go and check out that article. I think it's pretty interesting. Mm. I mean, I had a lot of fun looking at it yep. and putting that together. I also had a lot of fun and wasted a lot of time <laughs> oh, uh, oh, yeah. just like sitting there clicking, you know, left or right uh-huh. as to which Pokemon I liked. I think it's a really interesting, uh, it's not really a tool, but no. it's a really interesting like metric, you know? Yeah. We got to add some feedback where it says like 30% of people disagreed with you or something. Yeah. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll add that. And I want to get out ahead of this because I know Paris is going to bring this up later. I did it on my own time at home. I wasn't doing it at work. <laughs> well, so. That's a big change. That's good. We're fighting. <laughs> Feel the heat from here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Okay, so now speaking of Pokemon, we learned this week that Pokemon Home is coming out at the beginning of February, and we learned a lot more, like pricing structure and kind of a little bit of how it works. There's still a lot of questions, but just to go down the basic rundown, um, there is a free version of Pokemon Home and also a premium version of Pokemon Home with different pricing options. Um, regardless if you get the basic or the paid one, you don't need Nintendo Switch Online in order to use it. Pokemon Go compatibility will not be available at launch. And you can freely trade your Pokemon from Pokemon Sword and Shield to Home and Back, but that's not the case for Pokemon Bank. Let's go and go. Hmm. There are, I don't even know where to start. What do you guys want to know? <laughs> well, so hold on. So okay. uh, I saw quite a few people were upset about the pricing, saying yes. it's too expensive, right? Like in the grand scheme of things, what is it? Sixteen bucks a year, you said? Yeah, sixteen dollars a year. Yeah, it's not a ton, right? Like it's a buck and change every month, but like it's more about the principle of what you're getting for that value, and it feels almost like this punitive payment for something like we already bought these games Mm -hmm. we're already spending money on these games and so now a function that lets you enjoy those games just a little bit more has this kind of it feels a little predatory pricing on top of it and i don't disagree with you i think it is 
I was expecting something around the Pokemon Bank price level, which is five dollars a year. Yeah, and maybe maybe up to ten based on the extra and the extra features that come with it. But like sixteen dollars is kind of. I mean, it's not that much, but it's still kind of a lot when you're comparing it to Nintendo Switch Online and, you have to and consider, Pokemon Bank. You have to consider that, like, if you're the Casey DeFritis's and the the Miranda San- Sanchez's of the world, like, you're already paying sixty dollars for the game, thirty dollars for both expansions, or thirty dollars for each expansion. Thirty thirty dollars for both. Thirty dollars okay. comes plus both five thousand dollars for Pikachu plushes. <laughs> right. Yeah. You got to budget that in. Only and then an additional each. six, and then an additional sixteen dollars a year for yeah. this service for Pokemon Home. Um, so yeah, you're if you're a Pokemon fan, this is a not insignificant investment mm-hmm. to to really get everything out of the game. What's up? Look at this. Hey, oh, yeah. Paris got some Pokemon Joy-Con over here. <gasps> what is this? Oh, it's like a Pokemon. Oh no, oh, that's, that's the a Dragon dra- Quest so Switch. I mix, I mixed and matched. This is the uh, this is the Dragon Quest Switch, but the Pokemon the uh, Joy-Con actually the Fragment Joy-Con from uh, Tokyo. Uh, fragment and Pokemon Company. You cannot see this, but there's a tiny lightning bolt here, and then there's a Pikachu silhouette here. It's really cute and subtle, and I'm I very much case and a and a the base has like Pokemon Store and Fragment branding. Bring the is whole it just thing the uh, is I, it I, just I, the Joy-Con or no? It's a Joy-Con. The Switch has um, some text on it, but it's very laid back, just kind of dark gray with some silhouettes. And How many switches? He do bought you the own whole now? Switch because he needed the Joy-Con. Mm. Well, this is one of the rare switches, so I felt like pivot. I really needed it. He really dodged the question on that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the sum total? Huh? Three, I have three kids, so it makes sense that I have six switches. <laughs> two. Okay. Two. You have six? That All makes right. sense. 50% yeah. of the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's the switch light, too, remember? Yeah. So, uh-huh. technically. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that, right. that means he, he just has two extra. It's fine. Yeah. Who doesn't have two extra consoles or something? Me, but it's, uh, these are really cool. Yeah, I am still are. supremely jealous of that Dragon yeah. Quest Switch. I think that Switch is very cool. So um, back to Pokemon Home and Pokemon Bank. Let's just really quickly run down the difference between the paid version and the free version because I, there is a free version. One of the first things that made me upset about this is when I heard that it was going to be paid is that um, Pokemon, the global trading system, would only be available with paid. But that's not true. You can still use the GTS um, with regular Pokemon Home, which is great because it's a system that was included in games without any extra um, app needed in previous games. But anyway, if it's free, you can't transfer from Pokemon Bank okay. unless you pay. So all of your Pokemon and Pokemon Bank will stay there. Um, you can only... So this I'm kind of unsure about this terms that they're using, but they're saying you can deposit 30 Pokemon. So does that mean you can deposit... 30 Pokemon at a time? Does that mean... 30 total deposits? Or it, can you... Or 30 total deposits and then you can't can deposit anything 30, else? Right? Or That's yeah. what I'm assuming. You, it'll only, it'll hold paper. 30. So yeah. you, Honestly, I could see that word <laughs> going either way. Right? Yeah. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's really... That's one of those tricky things where it's a, it's a huge deal that we don't know that wording in my eyes because if it's the bank can hold 30 or home can hold 30 at any given time, then that is fine. And this free Mm -hmm. service is actually still useful free. Mm -hmm. And if it's 30 capped, that's really bad. Like that is suddenly there's, you can only transfer 30 Pokemon and then suddenly there's, you're blocked out of the main service of this thing. Hmm. And that's so like it, I think you're right. I think it probably is 30 total, but 
it, until we get that wording, that's yeah. scary. Yeah. And just, um, I have asked for clarification for some of these questions from the Pokemon some company. We'll see if we get it. But no, I assume it's from Paris' perspective. You can deposit 30 and then transfer some of them into Pokemon Sword and Shield and then uh, put more in there. But maybe it is just deposit 30 Pokemon and then that's it. Like you can't deposit anymore even if you do take them out. I don't see that. Well, happening. is there a cap in the game to how many you can store in... <sighs> Some people have been saying they're running out of boxes, but I don't know how. I thought you just get unlimited boxes in the game. But I could be. Sure there's a cap. Nothing, never, I've never caught that. Nothing is endless. Yeah, I could. Be so wrong. it sounds to me like if, but, um, if you're a casual player and you use the free version, it's mostly just an inconvenience. You'd have to if you'd have to transfer over thirty at a time and then transfer yeah. them to the game and then you know like rinse mm-hmm. and repeat. That's fine. Right. I think the the biggest and then actually yeah no that's fine. I think the only problem you'd ever run into is if you're using Pokemon Let's Go, for example, and you deposit 30 Pokemon that can't be... No, then it'd still be not a problem. I'll get back to that in a second. <laughs> but um, <laughs> if you are a premium user, you can deposit up to 6,000 Pokemon, <gasps> which is double Pokemon Bank's capacity. And I have another question. If you have the premium subscription and then deposit 5,000 Pokemon into Pokemon Home and then stop paying the subscription... What happens? No one. There's we don't know. Grace the- <laughs> periods, just like with Nintendo Online. So Pokemon Bank. And after a while. Yeah. <gasps> but you still have the free free service. So how does that work? Do you then like the next thirty Pokemon that you look at? They are arbitrarily then- look at the Pokemon, and they will only save thirty, and all the love discs will be among <laughs> those thirty. That's true. And That's so, um, in Pokemon Bank, if your subscription lapses and it's been more than six months or so, your Pokemon get deleted. Um, she really worries about this a lot. Of course, no. Does this I make ser- you nervous? I opened my 3DS in a panic in December because I hadn't remembered going onto my 3DS in a year, and I was like, "Oh my god, my Pokemon!" Oh, no. And they're fine; they're still there. I I hadn't lapsed, and I I won't until February, so it's fine. <laughs> but um, I still panicked for a little bit because with Pokemon Bank, you can't set up automatic recurring payments, even though it's only five dollars a year. Also, just a side so, note, if you have 5,000 Pokemon in your Pokemon home, that's not a home, that's a prison. <laughs> that's not a happy place for those Pokemon. <laughs> it's a Pokemon commune. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. Pokemon Home is also including the feature of basically a mass surprise trade. It's called Wonder Box, and with the free version, you can put three Pokemon for the surprise trade at a time, but with the premium version, you can do ten. So you can basically, instead of just doing one at a time on your Switch, you can even use your mobile phone or your Nintendo Switch and... Do mass surprise trades. Hmm. Ten wonder trades at a time is hilarious yeah. to me. Because it's just like at that point you're putting Pokemon in as coins into a capsule machine. You're right. just like <laughs> it's shoving so them in and having no idea what you're getting out. Right. You guys are going to get so many nickets from me. <laughs> Pair, Boxes um, of them. How do you say wonder box in German? Uh, Wunderkiste. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> That's all. Uh, the, the main thing coming out of all of this to me is... We're kind of regardless of the value and the final details and all mm-hmm. that stuff. This is a mess of a thing to yep. understand and to yeah. try to comprehend. Oh, it is. As a, as it really a, as is. A person playing. I this mean, game. the game continues to get messier. Like yeah, in its it's post, in that. its post-launch. Like there's a free version and there's a paid version, and then the mobile version and the Switch version are two different things that have right. different features. So I can clarify that. Okay. a little bit. So if you use your Nintendo. 
um, account to purchase Pokemon Home, you will have Pokemon Home on both. So okay. if you pay for one time, you'll have access to both. So you're at least not subscribing to both, but there's certain things you can only yeah. do on mobile compared yes. to that. And then and there's certain things you can't do on either until post-launch, but we don't know when those are coming yet. And then maybe you'll be able to do them if you're paying or free or I don't like this is the thing to me is this is a mess of messaging regardless of if it's a good deal or not. Like yeah. I, I, I just wish that they you, do you remember Nintendo Online service when Nintendo Online came out? Nintendo put out that really lovely animation with Bowser and Baby Bowser and it broke down all the Nintendo Online yep. stuff and it was very, very cute and it was very digestible and th- I feel like they needed something like that for this. We can't, this is too much for just like a couple spreadsheets to me. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It's confusing. And you'll know that we will have videos breaking everything down that you need to know Mm -hmm. on IGN wiki. So look out for that. I shall ignore its (laughs) existence and never speak of it. Exactly. I played the game and then I finished it and now I never have to think about it again. So that's, (laughs) that's it. When, when Casey, when all the news came down about Pokemon home, I said, great. This doesn't affect me in the slightest. <laughs> Not even a little bit. So, Well, the thing I'm most mad about, because i got to be mad about something, is that... Ah, Casey Soapbox. Uh, um, if it's free, if you get the free version, it doesn't come with the judge fun- function. You have oh. to pay for that. So you can't just look at your Pokemon and know if their IVs are good or not unless you pay. And then it's like, Curse word. how are you going to sort through all of your mod if you're not paying because you can't see their stats? Per, how do you say <sighs> Soapbox in German? Seifenkiste. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank but, you. Um, uh-huh. Anyway, I, I do think it is a little pricey. Janet and I will come up with a way to game the system and come up with the most cost-effective way to manage your Pokemon. Perfect. And you will see that breakdown as a Pokemon Wiki's product sometime in the future. So there it is. <laughs> thank you very much, Casey and Janet. Look at that. Um, gosh, what, what? Oh, also, Pokemon Home will have a national Dex function so it will connect to all of the games you've connected to it and be able to see which pokemon you have and also all the pokemon in your pokemon home just not all of those so it'll work as a dex sword and shield yes yes, yes. but it'll, it will work as like a living dex gotcha in one place cool yeah and there's some other features and stuff that i'm not it's fine we don't have to talk about it um <laughs> <laughs> i mean read the room casey this episode of Nintendo Voice Chat is brought to you by Netflix's Behind the Scenes podcast. If you're familiar with this, you may know that this podcast takes you through the process of going from script to screen. Season one took a deep dive into the inner workings of Stranger Things. Now in season two, they're pulling back the curtain on The Witcher, starring Henry Cavill in a weekly multi-part miniseries. You're no doubt familiar with the game, which of course takes its cues from Andrew Sapkowski's best-selling books. And so does the Netflix series. Host Brandon Jenkins, who you may know from Mogul and There's Something About Dolomite, explores how the series takes 3,000 pages of source material and brings them to life, including interviews with the cast, the executive producers, the people making the swords, etc. Geralt, Yennefer, Cirilla, they're all here. You name it, and Behind the Scenes covers it. New episodes are out now, so subscribe now wherever fine podcasts are available, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Hello. I know. I understand. That's why I'm moving on. We can talk about violence oh. now. Gosh. <laughs> Let's talk about swords and axes and hammers and lances. Bow and arrow. And, yeah. I, the bow. Byleth. I, I okay. do too. Have you had a chance to play Byleth? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We were talking about it this morning. Yeah. Um, I think she is good. Um, and canonically, in my in my mind, because I played Byleth, Lady Byleth in Fire Emblem, I will only ever choose Lady Byleth in Smash. Um, Fair for And... Uh, 
Byleth Smash kind of reminds me of like a slower Young Link. Hmm. I feel like, okay. yeah, like kind of not obviously not the same move set, but like a similar move set in that like neutral B is an arrow, a, a dual stage arrow attack, mm-hmm. which I really like it with Byleth that you can switch directions if you move fast enough. Mm-hmm. So like if you're aiming left. When you pull back, if you can flip your stick in the opposite direction before you reach the second stage of charge, she'll turn around and shoot the opposite way, which is mm-hmm. really cool. Um, <clears throat> I think that her up B, which is similar to Joker, it's like a diagonal chain, yeah. um, allows for some really cool like air combos and air mm-hmm. punishment, which is really neat. The chain grab is cool, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I think that sh- maybe as like a little OP in that... Uh, Careful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. Obviously, I'm very new to, well, like, Smash here's, here's my competitively. But, like, yeah, it, I think that she's, you know, she can kill Confirm with down B. It is a very slow attack. But if you manage to pull it off, you can kill Confirm at, like, 60%. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Near, um, last night when I was playing, I was fighting Pokemon Trainer up against a Squirtle, 0%. I broke his shield. I think it was almost, almost a full shield thing. I maybe mm-hmm. had hit it, like, one or two times. Um, hit it with the shield with the side B, which is Failnot's uh, arrow. Broke the shield. Went up, used down B, killed Squirtle. Mm-hmm. Two hits. Two hits. Yeah. That's it. Deserves it. <laughs> no damage. Were you but playing the, online or were you playing? I was, I was playing with um, with my partner. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So so the funny thing about stuff like that and moves like that, though, is we have uh, Brendan Graber, our very own, mm-hmm. is uh, doing the review for Byleth. Um, and he likes Byleth as well, but he, he said something kind of very poignant in his review, um, where he basically was like, it's those sort of down B, the down B, which is this long charge for this insane hit. And the same with the arrow, which is this long charge Mm -hmm. that you can't cut halfway, but if you charge it the whole way, it's a really big charge for an insane hit are really, really exciting and easy to just like get into and love. Right. Mm -hmm. But also, they're the types of moves that the competitive community is just never mm-hmm. going to care about ever. Right, because you won't ever be, have the time to charge that. Well, it's not slow. just the time. Right. It's that like any any person who is a pro-level player of this game will see you press down B and just walk away from you yeah, and right. not worry yeah. about but, but it. So that's the thing. Like, and that's cool that moves like that can exist yeah. where it's like it really does appeal to one type of audience where it's like, yeah, that's it's, super powerful. Yeah. And then it just doesn't. It's great for a busy board where like four players yes. are fighting yeah, exactly. each other. Or doubles. Like, especially maybe somebody who's new to Smash will have a lot of success with Byleth. Um, mm-hmm. I, right. You know, I, uh, I, I felt almost like... A, like about Marth, like you, you pick when you play Marth for the first time. There, there is like it feels like you understand this character is very, yes. very simple, clear setup. And as a new player, you can have a lot of success with Marth. And I feel like Byleth is very similar to that, just with a little bit more range mm-hmm. and some more showy kind of big charge uh, attacks. I, I like playing with the character. Byleth um, isn't as exciting as some of the other DLC characters that they yeah. added because they have all these kind of like sub menus and tricks and things they can do. By or, the time, yeah, by the time this episode movements. is posted, Brandon's review will be up. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Yeah. And so he's giving Byleth a seven. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he says that the or character good. is good, mm-hmm. but it lacks the the sort of compelling flash of some of the other characters. Like mm-hmm. there's not the MP charging and juggling of Hero. It's not the like hardcore fighting mechanics of Terry Bogart. It's like, it's just like this is just a kind of bread and butter smash character yep. like in the same way that those initial run characters were right well it's it's not and it's kind of funny because the if you look at the four other characters in this DLC fighter pack two of them are very mechanically 
like technical, right? They're, they've got a lot to them, Joker and Terry. Right. And then, or I'm sorry, Hero, Hero and, Terry. and Terry. And then the other two are total fan service bombs, right? Joker is absolutely unexpected and exciting, and Banjo has been asked for for decades. And this character is not bad by any means. Nope. It's just neither of those categories, right? right? Yeah. And, and he actually said, you know, if, if Three Houses had come out a year earlier, probably Byleth just would have been a base character. Right. And that mm-hmm. would have been fine. And and that's sort of the way they feel, right? Yeah. Byleth is just like, yeah, this is a really fun, solid character, but it's nothing sort of amazing yeah. and impressive. The, hey. the the base skills learning what range to do which attacks. Like, yeah. I, I think it was Lance that you need to get the tip to get the most out of it. And I think yeah. there's, um, are some other moves that if you angle slightly up, do more damage. And it's like some like nuance, but isn't something that will drastically change... Oh, yeah. Well, I, I definitely don't mean to say yeah. that there's no mechanical skill mm-hmm. involved in the character because that's absolutely not yeah. true. It's, it's not true with any character. Yeah, yeah no, it's not no, true no. with any <laughs> character. Um, it's it's just that it's 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 less complicated. Yes. Like Pear said, yeah, yeah, yeah. you pick it's it less up and you just know what you're doing yeah. in a very we, cool way. We used, we used the character maybe like in two battles against each other and then switched off with our mains and they were incredibly close and that doesn't happen with new characters yeah. usually you use your main against someone who's using a new character for the first time you destroy them right yeah. and with byleth like it was still pretty close. They're really yeah. close battles yeah. just, like regardless yeah the, the way that i've been like warming up before i'll jump online lately is i'll do three matches at like against the cpu of eight and then three matches against the cpu at nine and i have to win three in a row of each of those categories before i move into like okay now i feel like i'm ready to play online mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh took Bilothon at eight and was like, oh, okay. And then like immediately lost in the first match against like a level, like a nine CPU Bilothon was like, they're start paying attention here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, the other part of this kind of coin with these DLC releases, the music they added is really, really great. Yeah. Really nice music pack. Uh, the spirit fights are really cool. Although Brendan pointed out that if you have not played Three Houses, do not do the high level spirit fights because they are full of spoilers. Oh, really? Ooh. That's interesting. Yeah, Ooh, that's <laughs> good to know. Obscured spoilers, but spoilers. Right. Sure. Um, uh, the other part of this, though, is like I'm not super impressed with the level. The stage sucks. It's the like stage yeah. boring. Sort of, it's yeah. sort of it's exactly like Byleth, right? It's like cool it's fine yeah. but it's not really exciting in any way it's just yeah. sort of simple I, but i kind of feel that way about like i feel very 50 50 about all smash stages i either like really love a smash stage or i'm like oh i never want to play on this stage mm. and but, this is one that i'm like there's just nothing there it doesn't really do anything right. except like transition to another part of the school there's no interactivity like and, there's not like and you know, heroes level was similar right that yeah. sort of flying platform level but it's a flying platform level, but without the cool cinematic flying shots where you see all the terrain as it's going. Like yeah. Delfino Island has that right. same one. Or like the banjo level where it's like moving around a platforming level. And yeah. Like, yeah. It, or the banjo one actually twists. twists. Yeah, that's, yeah like that's what I'm saying. Weirder. Yeah. And like, yeah, so it's just sort of, I think that's that's like seven, a lot of people are going to read seven uh, as a score for this and be like, oh, it's terrible. You're saying it's terrible. And it's like, no, it's just like, it's a good I mean, DLC. Yeah. endemic of seven all reviews dead. ever. It's but. a good DLC pack. It's nothing really blow your mind. But honestly, the expectations were set sky high because the last four have been very, very impressive. I, I think out of all of the DLC characters, Byleth is probably the one that I'm most inclined to play because it right. is a very like mm-hmm. bread and butter mm-hmm. Character, I, I know I've said that a couple times, but like mm-hmm. it is a very like gra- like 
basic character <laughs> and like for my skill set that's where I want to play. Like that's mm-hmm. where I, I feel most comfortable and I, I love persona five and I would like to be great as Joker, but I'm terrible with him and hero is just like too complicated for me. And mm-hmm. so like, yeah, if, if it was like only characters from the expansion pass, I'd pick by every, every time. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I pick piranha plant, but piranha plant is also very good, <laughs> yeah. but I don't like his little like spike ball up. That sucks. No, I, you kill people so easy with that. I know. That. That's why it sucks. Oh, yeah. sorry. Like it against <laughs> himself. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now, um, besides Byleth, there are some full games out this week. Byleth is not a full game, it's just a character. (laughs) But um, first up, we have Thronebreaker, The Witcher Tales, which is basically a Gwent game. Totally surprised. Snuck up on me. Yeah. Yeah. We're just saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like, this was kind of a nice little bonus from CD Projekt Red, where they were like, CD Projekt Projekt Red. Um, Yeah, I just saw it on. one of their PR guys' Twitter, he was just like, oh, here it is. I was yeah. like, whoa, yeah, what? popped out. Yeah. Um, I installed it, started it, but have not played enough to see uh, how the Switch version holds up to the to uh, the original. Sure, You've played a little bit more, I've right? I've played a little bit more than that. Uh, the Switch port seems fine. It, yeah. I, I don't haven't noticed. I'm still early on, too, but yeah. I haven't noticed any sort of uh, frame rate issues or graphical issues or anything, bugs or anything like that. Um, I think Thronebreaker... Definitely plays worse on a controller than a mouse and keyboard, but right. that's not any different hey, than its PlayStation or Xbox versions. What? Nothing. <laughs> you think I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Nothing. I'm not hating on controllers. You I like think controllers. Casey's going to obsess over this one. Uh, or not, not in the same way that she not obsesses over Slay the Spire. No, 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 no it's so kinda. different than Slay no, the Spire. Okay. Like this is the thing though that Thronebreaker came out in 2018 and flew on under a lot of people's radars because it's. A Gwent game, right? Like that's how but it Gwent's started. Was really the, good though, right? It, the, the, it started as the Gwent single player yeah. mode, and then it totally transformed into its own thing. The thing you got to know about Thronebreaker: The Witcher Tales is it is a world class RPG. Yeah, it is one of the best RPGs to come out in 2018. It is. Some people argue, and I'm not going to have a dog in this race, but some people argue that it actually has a better story than The Witcher 3's main campaign. Um, the well, writing the writing in this game is incredible. And if yeah. you're an RPG fan, and especially if you're a Witcher fan, it's one to just, like, you really should play it. So what if you're both of those things, but hate Gwent so much? <laughs> I mean, it's a tough it's a tough thing. Like, I, I think like every time us. that I was playing The Witcher and they're like, oi, let's have a game of Gwent, I was like, no, I'm good. I've well, never heard someone thing. say they hate Gwent hate before. Gwent. Yeah. Well, here's, here's one thing. This Gwent is very different from the Gwent you know in the car. Different? In, very different. Okay. Very different. Very. Yeah. Uh, than The Witcher 3's one. The Witcher okay. 3 had like three lanes and you right. never draw extra cards. This one has two lanes. You draw extra cards. Mm. All the cards are much more interactive with each, with each other. Okay. Uh, it's a lot, a lot different. Um, I'm, and a lot I'm, more fun. To be I'm honest. very interested in that in this game after hearing that yeah. because like I didn't follow it in 2018 because they're like a brand new Witcher RPG. I was like, hell yeah. And then like starring Gwent and I was it's, like, nope, yeah. I'm good. It's <laughs> not just Gwent. And a lot of the times it's not framed as you're playing Gwent. It'll be like, uh, you get attacked by bandits and then the, the, the fight plays out as a Gwent game or there might be a thing where it's like there's you're fighting an ogre and the ogre is throwing rocks at you and you have to so the rocks will move down the lanes oh, and mm, you have okay. to like take out the rocks as units oh, that's before cool. they yeah. hit your back so line. are you playing as Geralt? Are you like running around? And- no, you play as Meave, Queen Meave, okay. who's Queen of Lyria and Rivia and uh-huh. she's a character from the from books. The books yeah. And Geralt's in it and I think you do take over as him for a bit if I remember correctly. The White Wolf? Um, 
but it's not really a Geralt story. It's really Queen Meave, who is just a phenomenal character, phenomenally voice acted, really cool design. What about Dandelion? Uh, I don't remember if Dandelion is in it. So thumb, enthusiastic thumbs up, enthusiastic you would toss a card to The Witcher. Yeah, <laughs> I would definitely do that. Uh, it's really like, this Very is the, the question about the, the cards thing is really tricky because. Oh, Tom Marks of Plenty. <laughs> I would recommend this game. Oh, bow ties of plenty. Oh, bow ties of plenty. How do you say Gwent in German? Gwent. Got it. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I would recommend this game to pretty much everybody, but um, it's tricky if you're really vehemently against card games. It might just not be for you. I, I'm not vehemently against card games. I really had a good time with SteamWorld Quest last year. Right. Um, I liked, you remember Bait and Kaidos yeah. back on GameCube? Like, there, there are some card-based RPGs that I like. I just... I, I just disliked Gwent so much in the base game that a whole game centered around it was like not appealing to me. Also, so optional though. Oh, totally. Well, there's a couple really of times. It, right? There's a couple times in each the main story That's and both right. expansions where you have to play a game of Gwent, and it's like, yeah. ugh. It, it's way like even if you hate if you hate card games and you still don't like this one that's totally fine okay. but you. this is way better than Witcher 3 Gwen okay like, fundamentally that is fact yeah um, <laughs> I remember there was a period after The Witcher came out where like they, they the collector's edition of The Witcher came with like an actual Gwent deck and there was a period here where people were like playing it in the office like actual Gwent and I just was like, why, why, are you wasting, why are you wasting your time doing this? Oh my gosh. So <laughs> our original review of this was by TJ Haffer. He gave it a 9.4 back oh, in 2018. Dang. Really liked it. And TJ knows his RPGs. The last thing I'll say on this, though, 40-hour Witcher RPG for $20. This bad. game is That's $20 not a, not a bad deal. 40 hours. Wow. Pretty so solid. It's, okay. it's, it's a value proposition, definitely. All right. Um, Tom, Slay the Spire or Thronebreaker? Uh, Don't make what choose? Yeah. Which one? You have to pick one. Which one you like Desert better? Desert Island game. You can only bring one. Oh, then Slay the Spire. Okay. Because it's infinite. Okay. Okay. That's a good answer. <laughs> she would have kicked you off I the totally show was, no. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't played Thronebreaker yet, so I'll have to get into it and see. What else you got? It's right. very fun. We also got Kentucky Route Zero, which Tom reviewed. I did. I reviewed it. I gave it an eight. It's a adventure game going through Kentucky on a magical highway. It's very strange and fun. This... this Really seems like a Zack Ryan game. Like I'm really into like magical realism. I think that like everything that I've heard about it is very interesting to me. You play a, a delivery driver who gets tasked to take like some artifacts to somewhere, right? Isn't that the deal? Like he he, he works at an antique store. He's a delivery yeah. driver. Is it like store. Repo Man? Well, yeah. Except then it kind of goes off on this like cosmic detour, and you run into all these different sorts oh, of characters like and Man. stuff. And like, yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. Um, I I really meant to play this game before the show this week like i wanted to get a couple chapters in but then i only played smash so uh <laughs> yeah um, also thumbs up yeah thumbs great, up. great out of 10 yeah no i think it's a great game um it's very pretty it's it's certainly it's kind of an, a, a, a visual novel masquerading as a point and click adventure mm-hmm. game that's it's, cool it doesn't really have puzzles per se okay. um but it's got some really really wonderfully written dialogue and a lot of choice and kind of how you navigate the conversations in it and really lovely visuals. Yeah, I was going to say, I heard it's like pretty visually stunning. It's very, very nice to look at. And I played through the entire thing on Switch for my review. So I can, except for one uh, fatal crash that they patched before the game came out. So you don't have to worry about that. It was (laughs) perfectly fine otherwise. Um, Long time coming, this game. The conclusion, right? This game has been in the works for seven years, is that right? I think it's been in the works for nine, but Act 1 and 2 came out in 2013. Yeah. Nice. Super cool. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited to play this. I'm going to put it on my list if I can tear myself away from Smash. smash. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next, we have Aviary Attorney Definitive Edition. Made up, does not exist. 
It's a very so silly it's, one. Is it, it's, it's about a bird, bird law. Yeah, this is a visual novel that came out on Steam, and to much praise, that's all very classy birds dressed in like I remember this. tiny birds. They have like like powdered wigs and yeah. stuff, right? And it's yeah. a visual novel. It's like if you're into Phoenix Wright, it's that, but silly. That's cool. both, both oh, of these it. games, yeah. Speaking Simulator, too. We're getting Speaking some really strange stuff. Speaking now. Simulator, I've seen yeah. Let's Plays of that are it's absolutely bonkers. Like, it's what, like a weird goat simulator. Yeah, what kind a of weird game. game yeah. Right? yeah. What so are these cats doing with these birds, Tom? I don't know. You got to find out. Maybe the art is suing. so cool. Maybe you're suing the cats. I love that art. Yeah. It's, it's a really very cute. silly game, but if you're into visual novels, it's one to at least check. Is there a harpy eagle? It looks like Albrecht Dura, like Lovely. old medieval art. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Have the, oh, I've seen a lot of videos about this game. Uh, speaking Simulator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Out on the 30th for $20. This is, is it, a goofy game. <laughs> is it fun? How about, okay. That's a great Certain question. Certain Simulator. Compare it. I haven't played Speaking Simulator. I need to play it. Me neither. Because it looks like Nightmare Fuel. Yeah, okay. that's, that's who was doing the last place. The last place. Essentially, you have like all these different mouth shapes and, and tones that you can make. And you have to like speak yeah, certain things, right? You're a like a robot yeah. trying to pretend to be a human, and so you have like buttons on the inside of your mouth, and you have to like say a sentence by moving the physicsy tongue to press the buttons in the right way. It's like Octodad and Surgeon Simulator, yeah. like kind of yeah. exaggerated physics, and then making like making it hard to do something super simple. That's yeah. the whole joke, right? Um, Pretty much, and it can be really fun. It's it's great I to just, watch. If you watch watch the let's play that I think Max and Brian did, um, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we also have Skellboy coming out this week on the 30th for $20. I, I think Brian was talking about it last week as well. What do this you think? Is the, this is the game from the developers of uh, Slimeson, right? Publishers. Yeah. Publisher, Publishers. yeah. So um, it's a, a tiny little German team that's making this game. Uh, Skellboy oh, in it. German. <laughs> uh, cool. Wunderkiste. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's like I heard you guys describe it. I listened to NVC in the car. Uh, into work this morning and you were describing it like the kind of paper Zelda thing like it's it is a is is more linear than a Zelda game um, but it has that kind of like uh, almost isometric style where you see pixel art at an angle Mm. Um, it's really charming it's like yeah the ability to kind of slay an enemy and like take body parts and make them your own and they have like different powers or different uh, defenses uh, defense levels it's very cute the um, the pre-release version had some performance issues, and they already made a patch, so I have to try it out again. It was uh, running a little chuggy in some of the areas. And it's a very simple-looking game, so mm-hmm. not sure why it was chuggy, but um, you know, the I saw a video that showed that it's been smoothed out and sped up, so I'm going to give it a shot. It's pretty, it's pretty cute. The music is great, too. It's got this really cool retro soundtrack, and it's, a, it's very enjoyable so far. Cool. And um, Ash of God's Redemption out on the thirty first for twenty five dollars. The video game for thirty dollars named video game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ash of God's uh, Redemption. I haven't played this one myself, but I wanted to give it a quick shout out because uh, to kind of throw a little shade at it, it kind of looks like somebody went, "Hey, somebody made a game called The Banner Saga. Let's just make that." Uh, like it just looks exactly like the yeah. Banner Saga, but it has fairly good reviews on Steam. It's it's the combat is grid based tactics, and I know there are a lot of grid based tactics fans out there who probably would see the key art for this game and not know that uh, it is that. So yeah, Ash of God's Redemption is at least one to look into. Mm-hmm. Okay. You had me at grid based tactics. By the way, the yeah. tactics hate on the last episodes of NV- episode of NVC. I really have to apologize to our listeners Who said? about that. Who did that? I'm not, never going to leave you guys alone. I know. Who said you guys I made like fun of soccer games. and tactics. 
Scoff. We weren't making fun of that. I was making fun of that. Brian sure. ranked tactics as his oh. least favorite thing in the world. I think. Okay, well, Brian, I mean, there's a reason he's not here this week, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't, <laughs> don't make fun Brian. of tactics. Who's Brian? <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. Hmm? Yep. Uh, so, this is, is this what we say to, say to death, Tom? Not tonight? Not tonight. <laughs> uh, not tonight, take Close back enough. control edition on the 31st for $25. I'm playing that right now. Yeah. Oh. It's a... Uh, uh, it's a kind of a, a papers, please, very politically loaded um, adventure game. How did you describe it to me this morning? What did I say? Brexit, the video game. Brexit. The, <laughs> well, Brexit has failed, and kind of a right wing, right wing um, uh, faction has to- taken over uh, the UK, and it's they're very much um, they don't like foreigners. Uh-huh. This, so, is, this is just to be super clear. This is the plot of the game he's described. Yeah. Right. Like it is explicitly oh, couched in, in if, Brexit and the events. Oh, do we have to do the Orson Welles thing? Uh, folks, this is not an actual news <laughs> announcement. Do not get freaked out. Um, yeah. And so it's kind of like a, like a p- pixel art side scrolling game where you then you live in this miserable apartment and like you get pe- when people talk to you, they do not like that you're a foreigner. Um, and then uh, your job basically becomes being a bouncer at a club and you have to check people's IDs. And like they start you off simple where you go like, well, make sure you, that you don't like, let anybody in with uh, who's under 18, right? The legal drinking age there. Mm-hmm. And then it gets more complicated. Like make sure that none of the past, none of the IDs are expired. And like it kind of builds on that and then it tells a story around that. So it's kind of like a, it's like a sorting hat game that in a way. That sounds kind of fun um, for it's, some reason. It, it's very clever. <laughs> if you're the kind of person who says, keep politics out of my video game this is a deliberately this is making a statement about xenophobia and uh you know maybe you could learn something from it like uh, give it a shot it's um not saying that you're a bad guy um who's, who's saying this sort of stuff but i i find like it's a it's a smartly written game that has a point um and a point that i think everybody would agree with mm-hmm. um be nice to foreigners yeah, right? like mm-hmm. right? Wunderkiste. Yeah, I was gonna um, say you're my favorite. That's right. Here. Thank you so much. Yeah. I like you now. Like at the beginning of the show, I, like, we were fighting earlier, yeah, but now we're. No, I, th- I think we're good again. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like we've learned something from this game. This is also a game that came out on Steam, I think, a year ago, and yeah. to, to positive reviews and is well liked there. Well. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a simple game. It's smart. It's uh, cool. I'm gonna keep on playing and see like how it develops. I'm not sure if it's gonna end well. <laughs> Let us yeah. know or yes. not. That's a spoiler. Just yeah. kidding. But what are you guys playing this week? Keep that to yourself, Pear. Uh, that is my name. <laughs> not to be trusted. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm playing Smash. Um, I'm playing <laughs> Smash, and I'm playing Dragon Quest Eleven S. And uh, you can just get ready because those are going to be the two games that I bring up on this show every week until Animal Crossing comes out. Because those are the only two games that I'm interested in right now. That's I have. Fine. I'm about thirty hours into Dragon Quest, so I know that I still have probably f- close to fifty hours to go. Really taking my time. And then after my declaration last week about Smash, um, I uh, I've been talking to some like pro level players here in the office. I've been trying to play a lot more at home. Uh, I'm I'm thinking about writing like a year-long piece about like you're gonna write something for one year well i'm gonna come back to it and update it throughout the course of the year because i I wanted like i was a little eventually i like i want to try to get good i want to try to get good at it and like maybe enter a tournament or something and so Mm. yeah yeah i'm really going for the gust diary of a smash noob yeah that's pretty cool (laughs) that's pretty good one i might i might (laughs) pocket that headline do it yeah 
I uh, I went back to Smash because of Byleth hey, and playing, yeah. but I am quickly sidetracked by all the other wonderful games that are coming out. So, you know, obviously started uh, Not Tonight, Take Back Control Edition, uh, playing Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I feel like you guys talked about it at length. I'm liking it a lot more than I thought I would like. Uh, Tom and I talked a little bit um, off camera about that. Um, it reminds me a lot of Persona. Mm-hmm. It is a very fan service game yeah. in uh, in its in its full Japanese-ness. But um, the music, the characters, the battle system is super fun the session system is really cool and just the the amount of screaming in Japanese is just delightful like every <laughs> battle is like it's like oh I'm gonna attack and then like everybody's like screaming and like um, it feels really good when you take down enemies it's just a joy to it's play it's a great battle system for sure yeah it's really cool and then I pl- I'm playing 1980X so is that the Mega Man randomly generated guy absolutely not it's oh, a homage it's, oh, I am it's an homage to the arcades of the 1980s it's like it is Again, pixel art, but really beautifully drawn, uh, and, uh, kind of like this, this cyberpunk setup. It looks like if you made a, a 16 bit art Blade Runner game, that's what it looks like. Like a lot of cool. neon 80s. Um, and, but it wraps a story that basically always leads you to an arcade. It's narrated very beautifully told. It's about a two hour game. So it's a short, it's a short experience for, um, uh, you know, for, for what you're paying for, but it's really cool. So, you inevitably end up in an arcade and you play a game and each game is a take on an iconic game of the past. Okay, so that's they, cool. Like you start with a level that's final. So talking like, final I was going to say Final Fight, yeah. It goes like, it does Final Fight, it does R-Type, it does OutRun and then it gets a little bit more original in the in, in the later games and kind of like ties back into the cyberpunk storyline. Um, and each game is really beautifully realized. So they don't Damn, feel like modern awesome. games. It really feels like classic Final Fight where, you know, you're punching somebody and then you're grabbing the stick and you're hitting them with a the stick and uh, that, that kind of like very simple one-button pickup system. That's all in there. Um, it's it's re- really well made. It's really charming. That's really cool. And <laughs> yeah, I know. if you're a fan of, you know, classic music, the composer is the man uh, who made the music for Act Razor. And Sweet. so like it really is an homage of uh, to, to the 80s. That's really cool. I want to play that. But I won't yeah. because I'm only playing Smash and Dragon Quest. <laughs> <laughs> I want to yep. play that as well. Yeah, you, you said you dreamt about playing a game, right? Oh, also, uh, also, uh, yeah, I'm going to play Kentucky Route Zero. Yes, I told Tom this morning that I had a dream last night that somebody from Nintendo was like, hey, thanks so much for your help with this thing. I don't remember what it was. Like, hey, here's a copy of Animal Crossing early. Like, <gasps> like, like right now early, like yeah. two months early, early. Okay. And I brought it in, and I was like, hey, check it out, Tom. I got Animal Crossing on the Switch. And it, like, damn near started a riot in the office. <laughs> you were like, oh, we need that for wikis. Oh, we need that for Let's Plays. And, like, I was the only person like, that had it. Yeah, and I was like, my village. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's so okay to win. That is, like, yeah. totally yeah. something that would happen. That's a dream, but genuinely, if you just got a code in January for Animal Crossing, that's, that's a, 100% what would happen. Exactly. Yeah. It would have shut down the building. Yeah, yeah. totally. That, yeah. that was cruel uh, dream machine of Zach. Yeah. yeah. You a hit. It's not nice. Yeah, I'm, I feel bad for you now. That's okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm all right. I did okay. I promise. If I wouldn't, I wouldn't yell at you about Wiki. Thank you. Casey. I would let someone else do it. You're one of the good ones. Yeah, it would, <laughs> t- it would definitely be Miranda or Sam. <laughs> yeah. What are you guys playing? Uh, kind of a bunch of stuff we've already talked about. Tokyo mm-hmm. Mirage Sessions. Still, mm-hmm. I will say I won't dwell on it, but I will say I'm 
souring on it a teeny bit just mm-hmm. because it moves so slow. I still love the combat and all the weird characters. I know you don't like the jumping out of the dungeons to go and upgrade, but can't you just leave. ignore it and keep going? Yeah, but that's not what I want to do. It's, you just got to relax. You <laughs> yeah, can upgrade your stuff later. I, I, uh, but we talked about that already. Uh, like I said, Kentucky Route Zero, I'm still jumping into Slay the Spire here and there. I went back and I'm still playing, or I started Thronebreaker, but now I'm also going back to Final Fantasy VII finally oh, on nice. Switch. Because I kind of ready for the remake, huh? Yeah, getting ready for the remake. I already got through Midgar, so I technically have already played everything that was supposed to be in the remake. But um, and, I'm and going past it now. What's your impression? Because I had a hard time going. I remember going from Final Fantasy VI, which I absolutely adore, to Final Fantasy VII, and I was so disappointed mm. when I when I played it when it first came out. Yeah, because we went from this like really smart grid based sixteen bit system to these kind of worlds that fell. Like you couldn't interact with them, and it felt like your characters were like pasted onto them. Like I came around, I you know I I grew to like the You're games. You're talking about like a, the 3D characters against a pre-rendered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I I really had a hard time because I loved four, five, and six so much when mm. going to seven. But is that something that sticks out nowadays, or are you just so used to kind of like top-down games like that that it feels normal? There, it sticks out a little bit. I haven't gone back since. It there, the, the funny thing in that regard is that there are certain items that are very clearly pick-upable or interactable, yeah. and then there are certain things that don't look interactable at all that but are. are. Yeah. And like, like some of the stuff that's rendered in 3D is like so clearly like boing. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, what? That's on modern TV screens yeah. too, right? Like yeah. everything was a little bit more fuzzy back so on. That, that's a little weird. I definitely have had to use our wiki guide to get through parts of it because it's just kind of obtuse at points. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about the pre-rendered backgrounds, though, is and, and the character models and all that sort of thing, part of that doesn't hold up because it looks very dated, mm-hmm. but other parts of it I, I find myself still impressed by. Like, whenever there's mm-hmm. a shot of the little model cloud that you've been walking around on with on a pre-rendered background, and then suddenly a cutscene triggers where the camera yeah. just zooms into that shot and right. the pre-rendered background changes perspective in real time. Mm-hmm. That's really cool still. Yeah. And like you look at that and you're like, whoa, like modern games kind of don't like that's not as impressive in modern games yeah. as it was in this. If you think that's impressive, you should check out Final Fantasy VIII. Because <laughs> they do that a lot that's in right. that game. Yeah. Or yeah, so nine. yeah. I've been, but I've been enjoying it still. I've been very, Good. I've been very pleased with how much seven still Great holds soundtrack. up. Yeah. I, I think music is amazing. I think those re-releases, you know, seven, eight, nine, and twelve, uh, are are the most playable that they've been in a decade or more uh, on the Switch Did you speak because. Uh, oh yeah, I don't like ten. I like I, 10 yeah, I don't like ten. I like 10. Um, Some people's but favorites. Ten, it, it's a lot of people's favorites. It's a lot of people's first Final Fantasy. Mm. Um, but uh, ten and ten two, I guess. They're all those games on Switch have these upgrades that allow you to move through the world faster. Yeah. Uh, you know, twelve has all the stuff from Zodiac Age. Like it, th- there are improvements, quality of life things, little fixes or, or changes that make those games so much more playable in 2020 or 2019 when they came out. Um, and I'm really stoked because like you're playing it, Terry's playing it, Matt yeah. Kim is playing. It, like a bunch of people in our office are getting to experience these games for the first time because they're playing it at like 1.5 speed and can get through stuff faster. And you know, like well, Final Fantasy VII lets you go at three times speed. The that's ladders, ridiculous. the ladders in Final Fantasy VII <laughs> are so slow yeah. that at three times speed they still take too long to move up you're on them in three times like am I, did i hit is it right. going that quick like it's, it's just, just insane it's just trying to be realistic tom i mean how mm. slow do you go up real ladders in real life ladder safety Whoa. is a very important issue yeah mm. gotta go slow make sure it's the opposite your of sonic <laughs> <laughs> gotta go slow up those ladders <laughs>
Uh, and, Pear, we got to cut out. Yeah, we got to run in a That's second. fine. We can do question block without you. Yeah? I don't want Two to, Two person though. question block. We'll just we'll guess it. Don't answer a question again. about F-Zero. Don't. Skip that one. I love that yeah. Okay, well, we'll just I'll save it. Answer, like last I'll one. save it. Yeah. If Pear gets to call I'll F-Zero, save, don't answer it. You're guessing at the Earthbound 64. Do you want to answer the F-Zero question real quick? No, because I haven't thought about it. Okay. We'll save your F-Zero question for next week, If Pear gets to say, don't answer the F-Zero question, don't answer any questions about Mario or Zelda or Metroid. Sounds good. Whoa. Good rules. This is an also, no questions about wizards. Do yeah. not answer. No questions. questions. Well, we have totally so no questions go. left on this. We got to go. Just agree and they'll leave and they won't know. I, I so. all agree to everything but the wizards. But you guys are in good hands uh, with my favorite people and they can answer all your questions. Yeah. Uh, See you get, later. The, get the thing. We love you. Goodbye. Just out the door shade at Be Zach. Be nice to foreigners. Going. Yeah. Especially Germans. <laughs> all right. Well, it's time for Tom and Casey's question block section. Yeah. 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 Ding. That's my sound effect. No one else gets sound effects, just us. Okay. All right. I like that. We'll start. What do we got? There are a lot of questions. Do you have one that uh, stood out to you that you no, specifically want to answer? All right. Well, I have one that I do want to answer, and I wish we had Brian here for this because I think it'd be fun. But uh, where'd it go? Where'd it go? There we go. Uh, this one is from Connor McNamara, and he says, a wizard comes to you Good start. and offers to give you a real live Pokemon of your choice, but you also must eat one to make this happen. This is who do one- you bring to life as your companion, and who do you eat? This is the one that I was dreading you asking. What? Come on. This is a fun question. Oh, we got to, man. We got to get a Pokemon friend, and we got to well, eat know, a Pokemon. I know the eat easily, because yeah. it's the ice cream cone guy. Uh, Castellia cone? Whatever the smallest yeah. one is. I don't want to like. Oh, the tiny one? Up, you know? Because then you have to leave a Pokemon half Castellia eaten. Castellia cone is, a, is, a, is a, an ice cream cone item in Pokemon. Excuse me? Yeah, there's there's a Castellia cone that is a medicine. It's not it's not the actual no, yeah, Pokemon. There's, there's Vanillite is, vanillite, the, yes, is the Pokemon. I need Vanillite, but I like am really horrified by the idea of that fundamentally. Um, and honestly, there's too many to pick from for Pokemon to. to so I'd eat Alchemy because it's meant to be eaten, right? Like it just it yeah. makes... So okay. would I be eating the food product that is meant to be eaten or would I have to eat the entire Pokemon? No, it would be shrieking and, and yelling out its little name while you're doing it. I mean, I guess you mm. could knock it out first. I guess I, I mean, you can roast a Farfetch. Wow, that got dark. I thought you were gonna. I, yeah. Do you eat? Do you eat? You don't. You don't eat duck. No, I'm a vegetarian. Tom's a vegetarian. That's why I went for ice cream. <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> I guess the like the most like harmless thing you could do is like dissolve milsery into some like coffee or something. Oh yeah, there we go. Like, hear it scream its name or would as it you s- consume it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> When you're bringing a Pokemon to life, so I need to ask, I, I have some questions. I need some clarification. So you're bringing this Pokemon to life of my our choice, but is this just our world doesn't exist? I then get a Pokemon friend because you know what would happen? The, rules, yeah. the government would come and take my Pokemon away and like do terrible experiments on it. Not if you got like a boring one like Ducklet. No one would notice. No one, why? Have no duck. one wants a Ducklet. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I would do Ditto because they could hide in plain sight. You're right. Ditto would be the best option. Yeah. There was an there was an episode about Team Rocket wanting to get a Ditto because then they could transform it into a Dratini, and they're showing uh, this um, Ditto a picture of Dratini in a book, and Ditto's like, "Yeah, I got this," and then transformed into a book. <laughs> <laughs> a 
Uh, or you could also do like Joltek because it's tiny and could just like keep your phone charged all the time. That would be cute. There you go. There's some terrible It might answers. shock you to death too. Mean. I hope it's my buddy. Anyway. Uh, let's see. Well, I would uh, get... I like the top one actually. The Mii yeah. Fighter one. Okay, let's go. Well, yeah. I, I'd get Arceus because Arceus is God. So oh, No, wait. Mew because Mew is a, is a better ditto. <laughs> Mew is a better ditto. There we go. All right. All right. That's cheating, but okay. Yeah. Shh. It's not cheating. It's just a mythical Pokemon. This one is from Jason Pilcher, and he asks, what Mii Fighter costume would you guys like to see get the sand slash cuphead treatment next? I actually thought about this one uh, because I have a sad answer, which is Beautiful Joe. Oh, I yeah. think I'm giving up hope on Beautiful Joe actually getting added as a character, but I think Beautiful Joe costume would make an excellent me fighter costume as like the the brawler yeah. or whatever. I think that'd be. Sweet. I think you're right. I think that would be great, and then maybe it'll get everyone's hope up for a new Beautiful Joe video game, and then it would never come, and then we mm-hmm. can all be really sad together. Mm-hmm. No, I think I think I agree with you on that. I'm trying to think of another is anything really obscure. <laughs> that should get the treatment. Um, Cinderace, the bunny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the bunny Pokemon. Okay. It's not. It's not. Um, do all the kick attacks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That'll be fine. I'm on board with that. Yeah. Uh, let's see one. Let's do one more question. From huh? Do you have one? Well, I was just gonna say thank you while you're picking. There's yeah. so many good questions. There are so that's many why good we're, questions. We're choosing because you guys send them in. So thank you very much for all the questions you send yeah. in, even if we can't quite get to them all. I do save some from previous weeks, which I'm going to do next. So let's let's do this one. This one is from actually last week that we didn't get to. This one is from Alan, and he says hello to the cast of NBC. I wonder what Nintendo IP do you think would fit well in a horror slash creepy setting or genre, other than Zelda, because I think you can put Majora's Mask in the creepy category. One port we are missing in the Wii U is Fatal Frame, Maiden of Black Water. It was one of my favorite games on Wii U, so this made me think of this question. And bonus, do you think Fatal Frame will ever come back? Keep up the amazing work guys alan from montreal hmm so is it is it two two question yeah 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 what's but the it, first part is what would fit well what nintendo it, game yeah what nintendo game would get it be have a good horror slash creepy setting i mean there's an argument for uh just making it like gritty realistic luigi's mansion but i don't think anybody wants that I mean, wouldn't it be considered already kind of creepy? I guess not creepy enough. Majora's Mask was legitimately, yeah, could be legitimately nightmare inducing. It's terror, yeah, it is. It was, it was very terrifying and uh, approached themes like death and lost love that other games hadn't at that point. A lot <laughs> of other Nintendo games don't do. Um, this is one that I know will never happen. Okay, I think Pokemon could make for a really good horror game if you went. Like, especially with the, some of the stuff Pikachu, Detective Pikachu did with, mm-hmm. like, realistic-looking Pokemon and kind of the implications behind Pokemon going crazy, there's definitely fertile ground for... And I don't think the Pokemon Company or Nintendo will ever let that happen, ever, 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 no. in a million years. But there is fertile ground for... If you kind of removed the, oh, these are sentient friends aspect of it and said, like, okay, what would actually happen in a world where these things could just take over 
Like you could get some really, really dark stuff out of that. I think in that same vein, I think a Detective Pikachu type game, but written for a slightly older because Detective Pikachu, the writing was very obviously for like very young children, even even younger than the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon series and the core Pokemon games. But if the writing was brought up to make like Pokemon Conquest level. Thing, which is like a s- small step above the core Pokemon series and made Detective Pikachu investigate ghost type Pokemon happenings. Because we get some taste of that in the core games. Like some really creepy stuff can happen in the core games. Yeah. Like um, I remember I was playing Pokemon X and Y and went into a department store and went on a level and I took a few steps forward and the screen flashed and this really creepy girl came up to me and just looked at me and then disappeared. And I had no idea what happened. <laughs> I, I hope I'm explaining this happening um, correctly, but I went online and was like, what the hell is this? And people were like, it's, it was a really just a creepy Easter egg. And there was this whole story in Ultra Sun and Moon where you're going to the school and investigating um, creepy happenings. And a lot of them had real explanations, but there's one that just didn't. And it had to do with a Drifloon, which uh, carries children off to hell. That's yeah. their whole storyline. There's a ton of really creepy Pokemon storylines. And I think having a Detective Pikachu investigating terrifying, creepy stories might might be a good fit. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go go look at Yamask and see if you recognize the face of what it once was. Maybe get a Meowth to talk to it and be like, hey, in your past life, who killed you? Jeez. <laughs> oh, this is going too far. <laughs> but you could do it. Yeah. So I think I I will. Oh, yeah. And the other half of this question was, do you think Fatal Frame will ever come back? And I hope it does. I mean, I was I'm inclined to say it wouldn't. But then also, like, we're getting a sequel to Deadly Premonition. And yeah. so I think that there's certainly a uh, an appetite or an audience for these sort of not like a tier mm-hmm. weird games that certainly could be fulfilled with this. And, and I actually completely forgot uh, that the Wii U got a fatal frame. Yeah. Like this was completely off, off of my radar. So it's not so cold in the ground, right? Like mm-hmm. they could easily bring something like that back. No, I agree. I agree. And I know that we, we got a, the first time I went to E3, it was 2016. I saw a demo of fatal frame. It might've been this one. I don't remember. It was a while ago, but I would, it's, I don't play horror games really a whole lot because they're creepy and I get scared easily and have nightmares even when I don't watch horror movies. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> but I really, I really like the storylines of the Fatal Frame games and I thought the gameplay was really clever and interesting in a way that other horror games didn't do because I mean, kind of carrying around a gun has been done. It's kind of yeah. run of the built mill by now, but shooting things with a camera. Huh? <laughs> Spooky Pokemon Snap Theatre Frame. That's the next crossover we're going to get. Okay. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much for writing in so many wonderful questions. Like Tom said, I'm sorry we couldn't get to all of them. But we will do another very long question block episode sometime soon. I assume so. There's not always a ton of stuff to happen going on to talk about. But we'll we'll get through it. Um, And remember, you can watch NVC or listen to NVC on your favorite podcasting platform or IGN.com or YouTube.com every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Thank you so much for watching. And remember, this is the only place you can get the thing.